Welcome to Headliners, the podcast. This is the paper review that won't put you to sleep. You can catch us live every night from 11 on GB News with a panel of top-notch comedians going through the biggest stories hitting the next day's papers. But don't worry, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Headliners. Good evening and welcome to Headliners. My name is Simon Evans and very shortly Nick Scott and myself will be taking you through Friday morning's newspapers. Hello, welcome back to Headliners. Joining me tonight, Scott Capuru and Nick Dixon. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? All right, thanks. Tom Cruise making you feel young? I, you know, I was just thinking, I think he stopped the injections and it all kind of sagged back. Yeah. But I think it looks better. He looks fine. He, he looks, looks like more a guy. like the kind of Mick Jagger did at that age, whereas before he looked like Sandy Toxvic. It was getting alarming. His head looked like a balloon. Yeah, it was yeah. terrifying. Yeah. He seemed like a natural sort of, I think they, they probably invest in their hair at that age, don't they? But, you know, a little that's bit. All it's right. worth it, that's though. Okay. Who wouldn't? He looked fine. He looks normal. Yeah, yeah. There's a good argument for having the work done in your 40s and then growing into it. You like a I mean? used car, yeah, having yeah. it done early. Yeah. And it looks older. Yes. When, when are you going to have yours done? I'm Nick? starting now. After you? you said that, yeah, yeah, I'm booking, <laughs> sorry, booking the clinic. I just, want to, I just want to like Scott. Scott's like 75. He looks incredible. Get the gray taken out of your beard immediately. That's the first thing. The Badger beard. Yeah, that's okay. That's, yeah, yeah, Thanks for that. Yeah. No, it's, it's drained my confidence at the start of the show. But you look good, though. I like your suit, Simon. Well, thank you very much. This is from the days when there used to be a gig in Hong Kong. You could fly over there, earn your money, and get a suit measured and made for you in three days flat and bring oh, it home wow. with you. You yeah. felt like Tom Cruise. I knew, oh, there it is. Oh, look at that. Oh, wow. Wow. I, knew, I knew you wouldn't have actually paid for it. <laughs> that's, another, that's another tax break for that you, too. That was part man. of the deal. So let's take a look at tomorrow's front pages. We start, as ever, with the Daily Mail. Uh, they are unimpressed with the waste of time, £460,000 spent, and they haven't managed to land a fine on the Prime Minister. The Telegraph comes next. They are focusing on Sue Gray, who still has the uh, possibility, the opportunity to cast a shadow over the celebrating Tories, who seem to have escaped off scot-free. And there's a picture of good old Tom there, and uh, that's the, uh, the Maverick uh, reboot. Friday's Independent has... One rule for him, uh, which I think is intended to mean that they are uh, unhappy with his exemption from the fining culture, which has hit his uh, his his lower lying uh, employees. One day it's got a vaguely Tolkien-esque ring to it, but I don't think that's the intention. Friday's Guardian has fury, fury as Johnson escapes Partygate with single fine. Where they've found this fury, who knows? I heard a lot of tutting. Uh, top U.S. antitrust chief uh, dominates the Financial Times. <laughs> top U.S. antitrust chief warns of crackdown on buyout firm deals. Search me. <laughs> Friday's Mirror has PM December the 1st, 2021. No COVID rules broken. May 19th, 2022. 126 fines, but not one of them landed on him. The Times has doctors to give a sleep app rather than pills. I don't know if we're covering that story, which looks fascinating. The app is called Sleepio, bless it. Uh, That's their energy bills covered for a few months then. That is the uh, lotto winners revealed. They've won £184 million. 
and they've decided to come clean about it because they were asking too many people to keep a secret and it wasn't possible. So we'll be having a look at their happy story later. And uh, that is, uh, that's the stories that we have in so far. So those are the headlines. Let's have a look at them in some depth. So, Scott, uh, Boris is feeling fine. Yes, well, yes, he has a reason to party, actually, another one. Um, He's only been fine for his June 19th. 2020 gaffe. Other than that, he was Which is, was his actual birthday. He was the one that was when he was hijacked by a cake, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. And uh, he's um, not going to be fined again by the police, at least. Yeah. But the Sue Gray report may reveal things that will embarrass the prime minister. We don't know. Um, apparently, that report will be revealed now that this um, uh, investigation by the police has been completed. Yeah. Uh, Keir Starmer still wants Boris Johnson to resign. Keir says... He's, you know, the captain of the ship, and he should go down with everybody else. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, some of Boris's underlings yeah. uh, have been uh, fined, but no one very, no one important enough to be mentioned in this article in The Guardian, nor in the press I've been seeing on TV about it. No, and it's always a culture, isn't it? And it's like the West Yorkshire police, whatever. It's whoever is creating the culture at the top, you know, has to bear some responsibility. On the other hand, yes. it does feel like the more you d- drill into it and the more time goes past... And the more money spent. It disintegrates like a... It yeah. reminds me of bread that's fallen into the pond and yeah. if the ducks don't get there straight away. <laughs> and the fining won't pay for itself. I mean, we're not going to break even on this investigation. It's cost a lot of money. And what will happen... It's roughly a penny per member of the population of the country and it's kept us all amused for at yeah. least six months. I think yeah. that's money yeah. well yeah. spent. <laughs> and also, I think it's separated the, the population in a way because, like you said, The Guardian is throwing... It says there's panic in the yeah. street. And then most people don't even really know the investigation is ongoing, really. No. And that was, I mean, one of the things that Labour did go in on hard, I understand, you know, strategy or tactics Mm. or whatever, but they said not only were he fined, anyone who's even under investigation should immediately resign. And then Starmer is under investigation. Exactly. Well, it sort of meant under, you know, it all falls apart quite quickly. And we're not sure what's happening with that investigation, are we? We haven't seen the details. I think another couple of weeks, maybe even another month, possibly, depending on how many people they want to put on it. But now, of course, they'll be worried that they'll be accused of wasting money by the mail. Um, We have the alternative, as you say, which is Sue Gray, who has the opportunity to cast a shadow. As I was saying, Nick, that's a clever remark on my part. But um, (laughs) what I mean, is is there really much left in this? Yeah, well, so the Independent has gone with crucial uh, Sue Gray Partygate report could come as soon as next week. And they're saying publication of the report will be a moment of maximum danger Mm. for Boris Johnson's hopes. Max danger alert from the Independent. (laughs) I'm sceptical. I think he's had his moment of max danger Mm. when MPs were putting in letters and so on. Some of them retracted them, and they weren't really enough letters. So I think that moment, for me, has passed. Unless it comes out in the Sue Gray report that he slapped a baby or something really? similar. Yeah. I think he's sort of, I think he's avoided them. And also in that time, we've seen that there isn't really, a, there's a sort of dearth of other great candidates stepping forward. Rishi's had his sort of wobble about the non-dom status. Yeah. And I think it's looking all a bit better for Boris. I think this idea, I think people underestimate his ability to survive. I think they underestimate him in general. Dude, and I, think, I think of him as a survivor more than anything, anything else, really. That's somebody had, I mean, he's obviously very flawed in all sorts of important ways as a human being. I think that's even, even his, his staunchest supporters would probably admit that. But one thing he does have, which I think Thatcher had as well, uh, was is that ability to see himself in sort of quasi-historical terms. He doesn't seem to read the papers on a daily... I mean, he reads the papers, but he doesn't read them to try and take the temperature. Right. He sees himself, I'm going to get here to there, you know. Yeah. And, and he's not thinking, oh, am I wobbling on the beam at this precise moment? And I think because, um, perhaps because half the media class hate him, you know, there's an overestimate, uh, there's sort of... 
the public love him. The public still love him. And, and the Thatcher comparison is interesting because people like Johnson and Thatcher, they kind of transcend the ordinary politicians. I was watching a documentary about Thatcher and Heseltine was talking in terms of if it wasn't for this little, uh, you know, contretemps, it could have easily been me. But mm. it couldn't have been him. It was always going to be Thatcher. Johnson's yeah. one of those figures. He transcends the other politicians in terms of his personality. It sort of reminds me a bit of comedians when they sort of, they resent Michael McIntyre as if they yes. could somehow do it. But of or course Peter they couldn't. Kay. Right. He, he had that knack of floating off the top quite It's just a different level quickly. of personality for people like Johnson. Interesting, though, that Johnson did it with his very first I mean, obviously, he came to power in the midst of a, uh, a, a, um, a, a tumultuous time, mm. which to some extent you can answer that Thatcher didn't. But Thatcher had a really tough first term, almost certainly would have lost mm. in 82 if it hadn't been for the Falklands War, which reversed her fortunes. And Johnson has come out ebullient straight away and, and has sustained it, really, in, in terms of... Uh, yeah, little competition, though, because Starmer is so charmless and yeah. people don't even really listen to him when he talks. He's, he's maybe on page five, and he's asking now for Boris to resign, which is a ridiculous response to this. Yeah, yeah. There's no reason to be asking for that at all. No. And he keeps repeating it and has done, and it seems like he has nothing else really to say. I, he seems like, like, but the most amusing, like a bellhop. I don't really think of him as a leader at all. <laughs> no, There's nothing no. to him. We all know the most amusing outcome would be Starmer is forced to resign, but yes. Boris yeah, stays on. Yeah, In yeah. terms of pure bants oh, alone. Absolutely. Well, it's absolutely like he's, he's, he's about to cut the rope, isn't he? And he hasn't noticed, like in some cartoon, that the noose has been replaced from his legs to, right. you know. Yeah. Oh, poor old Roadrunner and Wally. Anyway, Scott, <laughs> I have resisted the idea that just because there's a war, economic distress and anti-immigrant rhetoric that we're reliving the 30s, but a Russian dictator has started purging his top generals. That, yeah, unbelievably. Uh, so, yeah, and, and, and even his favourite, actually, which is the general that, that ran his campaign in Syria for two years, uh, even his position, General Gerasimov, even his position... Uh, the Ministry of Defense is saying is is up for question. They're not really mm. sure that he's secure in his job. He uh, Putin has kind of distanced himself from Lieutenant General. These names, I just the names are so they're so poetic. Go with it. Sergei Kissel mm. is the first guards, uh, okay. the elite leader of the first guards tank army, the commander of Russia's Black Sea Fleet. Uh, so really, that of what's been going on in Crimea, yeah. very popular. Vice Admiral Igor Osipov. Uh, he might be um, dismissed from his position. Is he the one that lost the Moskva, the uh, uh, the battleship that was he, sunk? Well, uh, yeah, he, he wasn't, yes, he apparently. So battleship he, that was told to yeah, go forth and multiply. His title is, beginning, uh, yes. as, uh, yeah, as Admiral of the Navy, and that's blamed on him. Yeah. And those uh, naval uh, guys, everybody on that ship is still, they've, they've admitted to one or two deaths, oddly, and no one else can be found. And so the parents of these sailors are freaking out. They want answers. Yeah. So instead of answering... Uh, Putin just fires people and says it's that guy's fault. We had to let him mm. go. And I suppose one question people will want to know, and, and it's hard for us to tell from this point, but it, how well will the Russian people be informed about this? Are they, because they're obviously they're fed a, a diet of... Well, weirdly, I'm still in touch with my friends in Moscow who okay. I met right, right after all this started, comedians, and I'm asking them on, on Twitter and on Instagram if they're talking about the war in their acts. Oddly, they're not answering me. I don't know what the pressure <laughs> on is. Oh, dear. Um, but I, I think the people are getting information. It's, it, it's coming in... Because parents are asking questions about their missing yeah. soldiers, right? Yeah. So that's causing a lot of consternation. And then people are also wondering in Russia, I've read, why is this taking so long? This is meant to be, you know, a day yeah. trip. It wasn't even supposed to be a war, they were told, was it? Just a military operation. And, yeah. and if you're firing generals, that means things are going badly. People are, you know. And it does, yeah. yeah. No, all I was going to add was it, it does seem to be going badly for Russia and, and, you know, taking much longer than they thought. But my only, the only thing that gives me pause is that's exactly what we would say, you know, in, in World War II. It's always like, Jerry is really on the ropes now. All that, you yes, know, all that. No, that's that's ex- we were always making it sound like yeah, we were yeah. doing better than we were. Then again, we did win. So, you know. 
Well, they haven't. They they, they were dismissed. <laughs> I don't see it as being like World War Two. No, I'm I've sure always seen not. it as much more like World War One, where it starts with a bang, and then before you know it, it sort of settled down into uh, like uh, relentless inertia in the trenches. Yeah, it could or also be like that, and that it was a catastrophic mistake. So it, it yeah. also, yes, there's that too. It seems like the civil war in the U.S. just because some some of it's illegal. But yeah. also because the, the the North was meant to win in a couple of days, and the yeah. South had it in their heart to fight back. Not yeah. that I'm on the side of the South in the Civil War, although it was their legal right to secede from the Union. You could easily imagine the Ukraine flying the old glory, though, couldn't you? Mm. That's kind of good old boys. <laughs> also, the, the Southerners had better uniforms. I'm always on the side of the guys. Who uh, there better. is always the romance of uh, yeah, the lost cause. Uh, I've written a link for this one. I can't. I don't know if I've got the gut. I'm going to go with it. <laughs> Women think I'm tasty. They're always trying to waste me. Make me burn my candle right down. Anyone recognise the lyrics? No, happily, no, I don't. It's uh, from Tumbling Gas Prices by the Rolling Stones. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never want to hear you do that again. No, I, <laughs> I still can't tell if it's real. I've got I've no idea what's just happened. <laughs> But I think yeah. we're I think we're doing a story about cost of living crisis. So we you're, are, yeah. you're Tumbling trying... gas prices. The mail, I think it is, who was saying that we should be see- that there is apparently some suggestion that the uh, the wholesale prices has come down again. Right, right. It, oh, it's uh, well, I, I mean, there we go. Yeah. Oh, okay. Strange gas surplus has sent market prices tumbling. But okay. We can't take advantage to lower energy. It's still six dollars a gallon. You haven't in the got US. that one. Well, anything you've got. I have, I have, I have a different story about cost of living from I the do Times, yeah, yeah. which I can give you. Which is Rishi Sunak told Tack now on cost of living. It's all the same general area. Yeah. Basically, Tony Danker, head of the uh, CBI, has said, "Why? Do, what are we waiting for? You need to do a windfall tax." Get it done now. Tories are arguing that's an ideologically unconservative thing to do. Starmer's saying there's going to be an inevitable U-turn anyway, so you may as well do it. Why do they think it's inevitable? Because they haven't previously done this, I don't think. Uh, maybe because other countries are doing it in Europe. Right. And I know that um, in Spain they've done a windfall tax. And how that's helped people is it meant that it's taken the tax off their energy bill. Yeah. So their bill just dropped immediately. And then right. Germany done it as well. France and Italy are thinking about it. There are things the government could be doing, I think, that Suna could be doing, that, again, other countries in the EU are doing, that he's not to help people. One is, you know, a raise in, in, in benefit for people. Yeah. And they, they could cap the fees on electricity, at least. This they, could, they could slow down the charge. It, it's just yeah. raising... Uh, it, yeah. it, and it's scaring people too, which also affects the economy. Yeah. As well. yeah, right. Yeah, there's the confidence issue. But there's also the concern about inflation. And, and, and Tony Dangus here saying it won't, uh, raise, helping people with heating bills won't fuel inflation. I'm, I mean, I, this is all a bit above my pay grade economic stuff. But then again, I know that Andrew Bailey, governor of the Bank of England, said he was helpless. On inflation, so if he's helpless, then you know, I'm, what do I know? Somebody was uh, saying that uh, Sunak was like King Canute, who was desperately trying to send the waves back. Which is the only thing I do know is that King Canute deliberately demonstrated to his courtiers that he was not an all-powerful king. He demanded he be taken down to the beach. He commanded the waves to go back, knowing that he would fail. <laughs> And that was a demonstration to him, to his, to his court, of his limited capacity as king because he was sick of being elevated to semi-fine status. That's the only thing I know about this story. <laughs> that is an important point to make. But I do think there is... Um, I mean, I, I understand the, the, the idea that you have to let the, the market kind of operate. It, it, the, it's the best way of but adapting. Do you really? But no, well, I know I understand, I'm saying I understand that there's that argument, but also I do know that in, in different situations they will leap in and they will certainly come to the aid of the, of the big well, the corporations. Ba- well, they say the, know, banks the banks and so on. Exactly. So you go, I'm sorry, we bailed them out. Now. Well, he's saying as well, we were, we were able to do it in lockdown, obviously. Yeah. Super on it with, with the furlough payments and so on. So why can't we do it now? 
Yeah. They've got to nationalize the, the energy companies. They have to. They've got to do something, I think, because we're, we are like mounting towards actual like uh, food and, and energy crisis. And, we'll, we'll create... We're doing a story on it later. I think, I think senior, older people are getting married now because they want to have something to hold during the winter. They're afraid of oh, freezing to death. I know. Maybe it will reintroduce affection into the British Isles. So that could All be right, nice. relax. Yeah. <laughs> Some teeth-gnashing news now of a couple who are surely due for a fall. Um, this is the uh, the lucky winners of the lottery, right? You know, my husband plays all the time, and I always do criticize him for it because it just seems like it's 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 just a hopeless thing. But then this couple, he he, this husband, uh, I'll tell you his name now. We can uh, announce mm-hmm. the names: Joe uh, Thwaite and his wife Jess. He'd been playing his whole life, and his kids had made fun of him at the breakfast table. You're never yeah. going to win, right? Yeah. And then here he is. He's won uh, 184 million. <laughs> Which is, pounds. I mean, I would say that was a life-changing amount of money. <laughs> yeah, that's probably, it's yeah. hard to say with the heating bill. Yeah. <laughs> but they got, all, they got all the seven numbers, including the Lucky Star numbers. I, I mean, they, they try to not tell people. They don't want their lives to change that dramatically, that quickly. Mm. But then friends started asking questions, and it, yeah. just, it, it just leaked out. How much would you spend if you won that? Would you spend it all? Would you just try and would you, like, buy something vast? Stick it all uh, in Bitcoin. Uh, just uh, all in. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Really, really confident. I would, you really want to double that money. Yeah. Free, and then I would, you know, I would, I'd pay my sister's mortgage. It might make her a bit more pleasant at Thanksgiving. I, yeah. I would try to actually, I would buy my husband the car. He's always wanted Brazilians are just obsessed with cars. Right. I don't know what I would do. I, I don't think I need that much. No. I, I'm actually, I give things away. I'm trying to get rid of stuff. I have too many things. To me, it's not what would you spend on. It's what would you do. I would immediately, obviously, buy a, a heavily armed bunker and go straight there. But yeah. they told everyone about it, which absolutely stuns me. I mean, I don't like telling people... You know anything about where, me? And I've got I've got nothing. Choice. I live like yeah. Lenny in The Simpsons with there's, nothing. But but you know, if you had 184 million, would you tell everyone? Well, there's this brilliant couple in Brazil I follow online, and they rescue wild animals. And they have I was going to say, farm. I mean, I might buy I Lincolnshire, yeah. and and just to- convert it into a dog sanctuary. Mm, I would. You that's know, my dad's yeah. hometown, so I would resist and, that. a wilderness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would resist <laughs> that quite strongly. Actually, Northern Lincolnshire would be dogs, and Southern Lincolnshire would be cats. I would spend my <laughs> winnings stopping <laughs> that. <laughs> I think we have a comedy drama. Can I just say, he, he found out that he'd won at 5.15. He yeah, woke he up his sleeping wife to tell her he could have got out. No, no, he, he didn't. He didn't. No, no, I read it as well. No, he didn't. He woke up at 5.15. He checked it online. Mm. And then he decided not to wake her. That's no, no, he didn't wake her. Yeah. No, no, I'm that... saying he didn't wake her. But no, he didn't wake her. But then her, he yeah. told her about it. When she, when I'm she saying woke he had time up, to yeah. get out. But he had with two the hours. Oh, right, just yeah, lying yeah. there thinking, oh, boy. Yeah, he thought about it. He thought about it. Maybe. maybe. I, I think that must have been. That will be a two hours. I mean, I'm sure he thought many times having played for so long what he would do with the money and I wonder yeah. if now having it it's just a completely it different thing. well the reality is and I don't say this to spoil their fun but the truth is all the statistics suggest and it's quite an encouraging thing about humans generally mm. is that your happiness exists within a fairly narrow band there are a few things you can do to elevate where, where par is where that band exists meditation works mm. and funnily enough uh, things like fluoroxetine do work quite well but mm. you know they have obviously some downsides but um but events like this just don't work as a long-term shift. You, right. you, you bob up for you're about you, six right? months and then you sort of come back down. In yeah, six yeah. months' time, you're not like, oh, my God, I can't believe the money didn't make me any happier. But you're just the same as you were. There was that statistic, wasn't there, that in London, if you weren't under 80000 a year, you were worried and unhappy about money. Yeah. But above that, it didn't add to your happiness. Yeah. But I would add, 
is this just propaganda from rich people? Yeah, I'd yeah, like yeah. to test it. Yeah. I'd like to be given the opportunity. But there are some rich the, the people, I mean, I, and I've met one or two in sort of events and things, you know, who are really untouched. It's water off the yeah. duck's back in a good way. Yeah, they, yeah, they're yeah. not burdened by it. They're, they're absolutely fine by it. I think it's that approach to life that has allowed them it, to it become may, It might make you just more of who you are if yeah. it makes you anything. And I, it would make me go to Bali more often. I've never been, but I do want to go to Bali for a Oh, that would be a great sort. Yeah. I'd like to have them pour warm sesame oil up over me just have young men walk over my body you can, Scott you can do that you don't need 184 yeah. million that costs about 10 quid right. <laughs> put, on, put on a VR headset and uh, you can just have a cat do that for you. Um, coming up after the break we have gaffes by Bush gaffes by Biden and a book you might not want to buy your grandkids for Christmas don't go anywhere we'll be back in a couple of minutes Welcome back to Headliners with me, Simon Evans and Scott Capuro and Nick Dixon. And even by George W. standards, this is a biggie, perhaps the single greatest Freudian slip committed by an ex-president <laughs> in my lifetime, Nick. Yep, George Bush accidentally condemns unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Let's have a look. I think we've yep. got the video of this. Check it out. Oh, God. And the decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. <laughs> Iraq, too. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> 75. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's, it's quite likeable if it hadn't been for the single most catastrophic event of the 21st <laughs> yeah. century. He know? almost fails out of it with the 75. Yeah. He gets yeah. a laugh there. It's good stand-up technique. Add a tag. He's got good timing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, is, yeah, yeah. he is funny. He's, he's a likeable speaker. I always said that all those kind of Bushisms that everyone mocked him for for being idiotic were actually quite well judged, I thought. Well, they served him, to make him for his voting base. Yeah. Yeah. But, it was but, a, but it had a chilling element, didn't it? You, yeah. you start thinking, does he sit at night worrying about it? He said he has actually. He oh, has, really? He's admitted that he does. It does keep him. He's not. He's not entirely comfortable with the decisions he made. And it came across in the clip. One hundred twenty-two thousand dead civilians. Yeah. He's and he was. He wasn't really in charge of that plan. I mean, we know that, right? That of was course. Cheney and, and Rumsfeld, and it was. It was clear at the time. He it signed it at the time. Yeah, exactly. And other people who might have been expected, but he essentially signed over the moral. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was still president. Liz Rice exactly. had her fingers all over it. Yeah. Yeah. Blair's talked about his regret for it now, finally, but he, and he seems a bit haunted by it, but you don't know how much is he really, or is he just pretending to be a human being? Yeah. We don't know. Well, he certainly turned into Satan in the last few years, hasn't he? Well, I didn't want to say his it. his long but... grey hair and his, his... I mean, there's a weird face. If you look at Tom Cruise... But... Satan slash Peter Stringfellow. But how can he put... He had a script in front of him there, George W. Bush. He was looking down at it. I mean, he, he looks up and four words later, it's almost like it's he did it deliberately. Mind. It's, I think the point is, if you hold a grudge, it's going to yeah. get you in the end. Yeah. It might be when you're making a speech in front of important people. I mean, and I also, I really think that he's from a clan and from a background... He doesn't care, really, that his behavior was negative. I no, I think he... I think when you say wrong, clan, I think say clan person, do you mean yeah. the family, clan or a clan? They're from Connecticut. They're not from Texas. And oh. the accents, it's all made up. But he is in the Skull and Bones Club, which is a bit weird, that some of the stuff strange. they get up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have yeah. Geronimo's skull. And, and oh, no, do, I know, They yeah. do things with it that I can't say on air. Uh, nice yeah. emblem. When, but, when the Masons really meant something. I think when he talks about laying in bed, I think that he doesn't like being caught... Mm. And I think he doesn't like being accused. But I think really is 
Is, is his heart injured by those dead people? Does, is this going to keep him up at night, this, this you know, mistake he made on camera? It's a very Edgar Allan Poe plot line, isn't it? You know, you I, just I, cannot I, bear the beating heart. Look, you know? suppose you've also, if you've you just know. said Iraq so many times in speeches, you, I'm being very generous, but do you think you just say Iraq because you've done so many speeches about yeah. Iraq? Or Although it, still in your mind. It could be like that thing comics get sometimes, obviously not me, but when you... You do a lot of gigs, especially several on the same night. You sometimes forget which bits you've said. Yeah, yeah. And you sort of zone out. But and they are the similar case, words. Though. Iraq, Ukraine. Are they? There's There's not similar letters in them both. Yeah, they, yeah, both share, croc- they both have consonants and vowels. And but being stuff. a bit generous there, I think. Yeah, you are. You're being really Oh, nice. I mean, it just in terms of it, it, you know, it being a slip that he could make. It, it's, not, it's not a difficult one to... It's a, well, as you say, well, it is the worst possible one. He's yeah, still oh, alive yeah. and 122,000 people in Iraq. Oh, no, I'm not It's the worst slip. It's kind of weird. Did you ever see that documentary? the jinx when he goes yeah, to the bathroom yeah. and said kill yeah. them killed them all now they it's know the it. worst them, since yes. that <laughs> exactly. oh, the God. human capacity to uh, to contain, contain its own guilt is yeah. extraordinarily unreliable joe biden taking a formulaic approach to national emergency now this is a slightly different story but what do you make of this well they're Ill- they're going to airlift powder but not from columbia this time it's called operation fly formula and um, the military is uh, using con- um, chartered jets to move powder from one place to the next for babies. Formula b- milk. Yeah, formula milk that you mix Which in water. Which then you shake yeah. it up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's just been a perfect storm for, for, for mothers not being able to get to access milk What with the poor supply chain that's happened over the last yeah. few years. And then uh, this company, uh, Similac, has uh, had to recall uh, contaminated formula, and they've fallen back in production. Right. So those two things combined. Where do, what do they produce nice. it from? Because it's not you, you can't just put like cow's milk or whatever, can you? I believe right. there's there's a real is it is it additives or is it things they have to extract? Is it really dangerous if you just feed uh, your baby? It's 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 a product that I wish I'd looked up because knowing yeah. that you might ask that question, <laughs> and I I'm not quite sure, and I shouldn't say because I mean I remember when we had a we both had we had, both our kids had a bit of formula. Mm. And um, I did try it. So it tasted, it was just a bit sweet, mm. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was, like, enhanced with vitamins like cornflakes are or whether there was something more to it. Yeah, I, I'm not quite... I'm, yeah, I'm going to look it up at the break. Why, you, why were you later. drinking it, Simon? Was that a sort of food well, just food wanted to issue? know what... You just want to you try it out. Know that you, you, also, fed, <laughs> you should know the answer. To that. You should have looked it up before you didn't look it up. <laughs> wanted to get a good latch. <laughs> to see yeah. whether you went much it. further than I expected. <laughs> Apparently, it's not, a, a, a formula, some others feel, is not as healthy as breast milk. And babies that... Like I was fed on formula because it was a yeah, thing yeah. to do in the 60s. Right. Women suddenly thought breast milk, this is also vulgar doing this. Yeah. It's old and we want to be modern. Yeah. And it might have cost me and given me brittle bones. I don't know. But. Some women find it very, very difficult to feed their babies with, not, not just because they, you know, they're tired and, they, or and they're, they're busy. busy. Yeah, busy, yeah. but they literally can't get they it. For playing you know. tennis. I mean, my, my own wife, she did, did struggle and she was pretty committed to it, but it's yeah. incredibly frustrating. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. when they don't latch and, you know, and they're screaming. Yeah. It's probably, you would probably not die, but they would probably, you know, they would not starve. And maybe she'd but, rather sell the breast milk online because you were still a working comic at that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Well, we had, this was before the days of e-girls and their bath oh, right. water. Right. <laughs> <laughs> e-girls. Well, yes. Anyway, so yes. Maybe um, that's the next move. I don't know. E-wet nurse. They, <laughs> there's, a, there's a bill before the House that they've just passed $28 million for emergency spending to bolster resources to produce the powder necessary. Yeah. So they're, they're actually asking companies to make more whilst flying it around the country to people that need it. Feels like they are stepping up to the crisis. That's good news. Oh, Nick, will FIFA fall for a free-for-all? Nice. Um, yeah, this is in the Guardian. The NGO group says FIFA should pay 
356 million in reparations to Qatar migrant workers and whose human rights have been compromised by the Qatar World Cup, not to mention the ones who died, whose yeah, human rights say, were yeah. very compromised. Yeah. <laughs> Over 400, in, in, I think. In death. 6,500, according to the Guardian. That many... Dead since, since 2010, working on the infrastructure. Okay. About, yeah. That's what they say, 6,500, due to all the stadiums and roads and, and in deaths during that. Now, Qatar says it's 37. There's a well, slight discrepancy. I'm no mathematician, but there is a slight discrepancy between those maybe numbers. Maybe they use a different base than us. Yes, they, <laughs> they say... count in base 1,000. Yeah, exactly. They, they're saying it's 37 and 34 of those were non-work related. They're saying things like heart attacks. So, wow. so there you go. So this is, this is all part of that. I mean, so what they're saying now... So, this sorry, should, this is an NGO or is it yeah, well, like, this a, is a, like a this meta-study? Is, this is a mixture of organisations like uh, Amnesty... Amnesty International Human Rights Fa- uh, right. Watch. I was going to say them. Scott, yep. say them for me. It's brilliant. <laughs> Football Supporters Europe, uh, Building and Woodworkers International Union. So, yeah, they're all coming and saying you, you should be paid something for these human rights abuses. FIFA is saying it's assessing the proposals. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, Qatar is saying it's proud of the reforms it's introduced... Mm. And that progress in, in labour reforms was irrefutable. So they're doing better than everyone dying. It's irrefutable, and yet it's being refuted. It's being refuted yeah. quite strenuously. <laughs> they're um, keeping it down to four digits for the death number. Yeah. That's good. It's good all... It's I all. mean, it's, we laugh at it. I mean, it is horrific. Oh, it's it's horrific. absolutely horrific. And I still can't... Of all the various outrages there have been, I'm not even a football fan, but it yeah. just strikes me as one of the most blatant exposures of, of rottenness at the core of, of, of a body. Well, we've all been to Dubai, and when you're there, you see workers walking on the freeway to get back to the barracks they live in. Yeah. Shirts off. It, it, they won't post the temperature if it's over 50 degrees because then construction has to stop. Listen, I don't even necessarily dispute the right of places like that to build, you know, when we were building London, there were not such great, you know, this this happens when countries are transforming yeah, themselves. Building a bridge as well. Yeah, yeah and building the motorways. But it's it's the FIFA thing, isn't it? It's it's the celebration of football in a country, especially where they're now wearing rainbow laces, you know, and we celebrate players who come out and we kneel for black rights and all the rest of it to just suddenly go, anyway, off to Qatar, lads, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's sort of all kinds of ironies, the Qatar thing. I mean, there's that guy now that won't play because of the rainbow flag. Right. I'm trying to force him to apologise, because he, I think he's a Muslim and he doesn't want to play because of that. He just didn't play a match because of that. And the irony is they're going to play a, a whole tournament in Qatar where it's yeah. legal to be gay. So. In fact, there was a fellow in the news, I think, today, isn't there, who's saying he was he, he, he was a gay doctor from Qatar? Have you yes, got this that's, story? The, yeah. that's the next story we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, his name is Naz Mohammed, and he's finally come out. He's 35. He'd gone, to a, he'd gone to a gay bar, and when he walked in, he thought, oh, my God, I've just realised I'm 100% gay. But was the gay bar in Qatar? It, 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 it didn't That's say, although I like the rhyme. confused, yeah. But so if, if, if the gay bar was song. in Qatar, then it would be, <laughs> it would be a land of next, a thousand gay bars. Next but. ABBA hit. And... Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That would be a bit of a giveaway, though, wouldn't yeah, it? Would if be, it's yeah, illegal yeah. to be, yeah. that's probably... Although I've been a guitar, and I, they, walk, they, they sidle up along in, in their camels, and they ask you to jump up and have a photo taken with them. It's right. all wink, wink, nudge, nudge. They follow okay. you back to your, their hotel room. It's, yeah. it's amazing. It's, it's just they don't want you to make a political statement about being queer, LGBT, but whatever yeah. you want to do, just, just keep it indoors. But this guy, he wanted to be who he actually is, which he should be allowed to be legally. Yeah. So he's come out to his family. He's lost his... Familiar relationships. He's lost his employment. He's lost his income, but he's still fighting for gay rights in a country that doesn't recognize homosexuality as even existing. Mm. They don't support marriage. They do actually say, though, for the the football match that's about to happen, they're saying, "Look, come here. The government says you are welcome if you're gay. 
Mm. Come here and be who you are. Just when the match is over, please leave and take it with you. <laughs> um, they are. Yeah. They, they, there's a. They. They. they no drag queen story hour. Yeah, that's exactly. It, that's the limit. They passed a penal code prohibiting any uh, homosexual in 2004. Th- I, I read two uh, um, sentences: one three years, one seven. Mm. And if you're Muslim, the death penalty is on the table. Mm. So I think you know if you're there, be careful, be safe. Uh, protect yourself. On the other hand, set against modern slavery and the horrific oppression of homosexuals, female referees, <laughs> I believe. Is that yeah, right? Three. Got this. Yes. Yeah, three yeah, female yeah. referees going out. I'm not sure what it means time. to say take charge when it says the referee takes charge of the event. What does that mean? It means that they... Is, that's some I saw that. Well, it means they're the twice. referee. Yeah, yeah. It means they're actually on the pitch. Is right. That, I think that's what it doesn't have right. any sort of extra meaning beyond oh, right. beyond just normal like referee taking <laughs> charge of. A, a, they don't get to uh, like decide the tactics yeah. or whatever. Or the outfits. Right. You're in the you're in the forward. Yeah. <laughs> or the snacks. You in goal. All right. No, I think they. I mean, I think the point is more referees go to the World Cup than ever than than actually. Or there's like a squad, and you're All not right. guaranteed a game. All I think right. you get out there. And then they sort of see how it goes a little mm. bit. But I would imagine having thrown them out there. Do you have a view on this? Well, it's, of course, it's the first time there's been female referees, so it's a huge thing. I mean, mm. I'm, I'm still not sold on female pundits. I mean, you know, it's uh, if a female referee is going to work in the men's game. Mm. One, the, everyone crowds around the ref in yeah, that yeah. very aggressive way. That's going to be weird. Two, but maybe what, they won't because they're female. Maybe they won't. And then yeah. what if there's a goal and the and the female referee just feels it isn't? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're so suspended <laughs> for that. <laughs> you know, it, is, it is a fair point that there is uh, flare, tempers do flare up and so on on the pitch. Yeah. But it is also a fact that uh, females are now employed as bouncers in outside nightclubs mm. and so on precisely because men do tend to sort of and then go off, you know, rather than... And I've been in Sheffield on Saturday night walking back from a club and those women Mm. are tearing each other apart. They're quite strong. Oh, yeah. And the guys are going up, they're sitting on curbside just covered in blood and thinking, when can we go home? I mean, I do remember, it was about 30 years ago, but this is always brought up on these occasions, that the first time they had female line judges at Wimbledon and and there were people saying, absolutely absurd. You know, right. they can't imagine that some woman will be challenged by by John McEnroe. Do you really think that she, you know? Yeah. Well, look, someone on Twitter has said, and it's not me. What if you um, what if you foul and you say what was that for? And and the, and the ref says you should know already. That that wasn't me saying that, but it, it could happen. <laughs> We've been through this before. So We've now it about seems this. we can trust women to referee the World Cup. So, yes. but uh, but not to educate our children on matters of personal intimacy, Nick. This is uh, slightly true. worrying. Uh, Developments in child sex education. Yeah. An amusing link, but it is, yeah, it's a very disturbing story. It's parents mortified by a disgusting kids' book that describes <laughs> sex and the coil, and it is pretty disgusting. It's a, it's a book titled it's My. Disgusting, it's just too much. Are you going to let me do the story, Scott, and then you can tell me why I'm wrong <laughs> after I've proved that I'm definitely <laughs> right? Like a f- female um, referee. Sorry, go ahead. So it's titled My Body is Growing. And it has its descriptions like the penis spraying semen into a woman's moist vagina. Oh, it's, it's aimed at four to eight-year-olds. Now that's where it gets disgusting. I like the way Scott. Scott is pretending not to be disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying that. Look, that may I, not be dis- I ate early. Today. I don't know what you do as an adult. That may not be disgusting. But as a child of four, it, mm. it, it, we I just did a podcast where we covered this family sex show, yeah, which, yeah. Said, which was being aimed at people, children the five and above. Show, yeah, while there was going to be naked people on stage, and it's incredibly disturbing in my mind it's because the left and the culture in general pushes ever more towards pushing the left wants to destroy every taboo 
But the thing is, some taboos are there for a reason. They I think, assume that they're all there because of oppression. But that's not the case. I, th- I mean, I think there's a, there is a, a, an appetite, whether it's even conscious, to undermine the family. To, Absolutely. To, to break Absolutely. the family bonds and the, and well. the legitimate exclusivity you have as a yes. parent. And can know? I just add, Scott, just briefly, because it, it, the author said this, and um, I think it was earlier on Michelle Jubilee's show even, that said that, she was trying to protect children. And this is the argument they always use. They're going to be exposed to things anyway, so mm. let's expose them to horrible or inappropriate yeah, yeah. stuff now to get... get to let's show them how to the take middle. cocaine just in yeah, case they've encountered it so they won't at least be embarrassed. Right. Well, as, yeah. as, as, a, as a slightly lefty person, I, I'm not really trying to destroy families, <laughs> and I don't really care what happens with your family. Either way, I hope you're happy and fine. That's great. And healthy, I don't really mind. Um, and my family can, uh, you know, go to hell. The thing is uh, that the author was German, and I don't... I don't, I don't know the politics of this person, either way, left or right. right. But I do know that I think the publishers in Germany felt that these stories were appropriate for children. It may be a cultural thing. It may not cross, cross boundaries. I, I don't think this person was intentionally trying no, to... But I've anything. seen it. It's in English. It, the, the, it this book is, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this isn't a but, German but, book. But the writer yeah. itself is from a different place and a different time. But it's not, a, it's not like the South Sea Islands or something. It's not sort of, sort of an but opportunity for social anthropology. Yeah, I don't know what's Ah, but the people of, of Germany, they have a very different <laughs> But I don't, I don't know what's taught to kids in, also, in schools part of Western Europe in Germany. I don't know. Germany has proven in the past to have a different kind of culture system of mores. Yeah, I know. And, 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 and led them down a different sort of path that they're still correcting themselves from. The Bildungsroman, <laughs> like uh, you come to full flower at the age of six. Well, you that know, was uh, Hitler was, was a dog person. They have a different view on things. And I think Maybe what happened was yeah. that it, 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 maybe even in the translation something got lost in translation. Could have, yeah. yeah it could be the yeah, there's some things we shouldn't bring over from Germany, like those weird sausages. We have limits, right? And this is one of them. We <laughs> shouldn't right. be teaching. Why should we be teaching Scott four-year-old children sex in this explicit detail? No, no. I, I, his well, penis no, even, becomes very stiff, it's and then he puts it in and out, and that makes them both happy. And that's just and that's just stop. Here we the go. Moist but if that's too much, to much the then right I remember now. when I was right, even like six or seven, we used to fight over the book about the ice cream, mm. the, the invention of ice cream. You know, right. not that. <laughs> anyway, coming up in part three, we have a very unorthodox way to get more attractive and why you might want to make sure you invite Rachel from the couch to your work night out, even if you don't really like her. See you in a couple of minutes. Welcome back to Headliners with me, Simon Evans. Tonight we have Scott Capuro and Nick Dixon. And the next story concerns poor decision making on the uh, the work social um who's got this one scott i think the uh rubles. Yeah, yeah uh rita leher uh, felt shunned when her friends went out for a drink at los los iguanas she yeah. was invited uh she's 51 years old and she uh, asked what uh, she works at the stratford westfield center yeah uh, and she said why why am I, they said, oh, we, we feel bad about that, but we just we didn't think about it. And, uh, anyway, she went to court over it, and the, uh, the judge uh, awarded her quite a large amount of money. So it was, it was, it was an, an example of a number of microaggressions, as they're often referred to, I think, wasn't it, that, that made her life untenable at the bit. But this was the most yes. prominent one that she, she felt came that up with. They were handling her in an insensitive way. Yeah. They had given her a, a pretty well-paying job. She, she has a lot of experience doing what she does. She was a uh, casino. A high-end right? London casino yeah. betting shop manager. And she had done all right, but she said there were numerous uh, colleagues promoted over the years over her, and she was uh, looked past. And then uh, the grievance uh, was dismissed in a 2008, a 2018 case. And then they went back and looked at it and thought, well, maybe this has been a build. Yeah. Maybe you just give her a bit of money. That's a guanus, though. I mean, that's a pretty, sh- that's a shoddy place to. <laughs> 
Oh, fine. Yeah, I, I like it. They're no, it's fine. Drinks. But I mean, yeah, yeah. to be sort of to be dismissed from a—I mean, yeah, you're right. You just go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. yeah, <laughs> done very well. Though. I mean, seventy-five thousand. Basically, it sounds like they didn't like her. They no. didn't invite. I was not invited to GB drinks and got nothing. Yeah. So she's done all right in the end. I, I, I feel. I, I feel every night when we walk out of here and you guys like hung, you know, mass around the table and get out the cake and the, and yeah, the biscuits yeah. and the yeah. cheese. And I'm we like, do it on purpose, actually. It's yeah. a test. We, we're intimidated so by you, Simon. That's why we don't ask you. we're afraid of you. Turn. Well, you have to. I mean, I learned this from my reading of you know Scott of the Antarctic. You have to remain aloof. <laughs> Even at all times, if you don't have any authority. With her, though, there's, she said there was a race and an age discrimination, and yeah. the judges agreed. So, Wow. So it, it looks like they've, they've cherry-picked the, the amusing detail, but maybe it was a... I don't know. There seems to be a bad culture with this, though, this, this idea that you get compensation for being treated meanly. I mean, maybe there are some examples where it's, it's justified, but it is, there's a danger that it starts to incentivize a victim mentality, which is In not comedy, good, they'd know. owe us all a lot of money. They yeah, God, there is truth there. Uh, Nick, heartwarming yeah. tale of real estate and extreme xenophobia now yes. in, in the Lake District. <laughs> Close to my heart. So this is, this is in my home of the Lake District. And late, the headline is Lake District. Cafe owner fights holiday lets with plan to buy back the town. Brick by brick campaign aims to save Keswick from second and third homeowners pricing out locals. Locals is the key word. We love our locals. Yeah. If you're familiar with the League of Gentlemen sitcom, the phrase, this is a local shop for local people, that is based on the town in Cumbria, Alston in Cumbria. That's how we are. Very quick anecdote. I remember driving as a kid on Luffing Avenue, just local reference in Ambleside, and I clipped someone's wing mirror and didn't know what to do. I was quite young. And then these people said, oh, you've got to leave a note. And they were sort of bullying me a li- little bit. Someone came out of the house and said, yeah, but you lot don't even live here. You just park and walk around all day on the fells. And basically the, the feeling wow. was, we should be allowed to hit cars if yeah, we're local yeah. and <laughs> with impunity. We like our local people. So <laughs> the point is, I'm giving you some local colour there. Yeah. And this is, a, this is Tinty Turnbull. And she has started this campaign to try and buy back the building that she's been told is going to be shut down where her, her shop is, her eco cafe, sorry. Yeah. We didn't have those when I was there, but, no. but uh, it's changed a bit. And she needs 825,000. So far, she's got 65,000 pledged. And so it's an important story because there's a, it's very difficult to get staff now in the lakes for a number of reasons. I mean, uh, cafes in Grasmere, where I'm from, are closing. People can't afford the local rents. The, 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 a lot of things are turning into Airbnbs. You could bus in, in theory, from Kendall. It was a bit cheaper where I was born, but you can't because there are no, hardly any buses. But just to say, and it's too you, expensive to if get. You were, if you were in the market for a, um, a second home in the Keswick area, part of the appeal of it, obviously the lakes themselves, but part of the appeal is that there are nice eco cafes there when you've had your. I mean, it's, there are, well, but well, that eco cafe has four units above it where people can live, and okay. they're now. They, she wants to own them. So she can rent them out and make more money to buy the other buildings oh, in right. town. But keep the money in the town. And, yeah, exactly. and turn it into a community building. And, and the thing is, one, one estate agent, Hackney and Lee, said 80% of the buyers were not local. Yeah. And there's, it's, yeah. it, that's the problem. There's so many second homes and you can't get staff. There's also new visa regulations. You can't, staff can't come. They could have mm. from, other, from overseas. So it's a staffing crisis. So I know what you mean. You've got to have the people to come. You've yeah. got to have people to be able to serve them. Yeah, no, yeah. no, absolutely. You have. It That's is, always a tension. I mean, joking lakes. aside, it's another symptom of a, of a dysfunctional property market, isn't it? That there are people who are capable of buying second homes in places where they might go for a couple of weeks of right, the right. year or whatever or start earning it. And there are people in, in London who can't even, you know, be, be living and working here for 10 years and, and still can't afford it. They're going to Airbnb those homes yeah, to make the money. Yeah. They're going to live yeah. somewhere else and, you know, but, use yeah. money else. I go out to the lakes every, uh, every year to walk. I don't You're have a place up there, but I always, always like rent somewhere. But, you know, it would be interesting to know, I suppose, actually, whether you were renting from a local person and keeping that money local or whether the place right. you were renting was owned by somebody and the money was just coming straight back down. And my only question is, I really back this campaign, but how local is she? 
Because yeah. my parents still live there, my grandparents live there. She has to be very local. Then I, then I back it completely. But okay. there's always a tension between we need the tourism, but we don't like off-comers that much. That is That's fair it. enough. Scott, love and marriage. Love and marriage go together like a horse and carriage, well, i.e. <laughs> an absurdly outdated notion of <laughs> yes. redundant by progress. And they are, although a good song. But um, the number of marriages have slumped since, uh, in levels lower than since Queen Victoria was on the throne. 6.4% decline in a year, and older people, pensioners, are getting married more often than under 24s. Right. I think kids just can't afford it now. They can't afford the ceremony. They, they're worried that if the marriage doesn't work out, the divorce is going to be And some expensive. people are having sex before marriage now as well, Outrageous. which I think I, probably... Heterosexuals are so different from yeah. gay people. They so, have an app. Yeah, they're one or two. <laughs> and um, they, um, they are concerned that, uh, like you said earlier, that the, the, the whole idea of family is falling apart. Although, of course, mm. you can live together and not get married. I don't, yeah, look, I got married because my husband asked me, and I thought it was my last chance. But if I was younger, I wouldn't see the you, you, you got married. A lot, of, a lot of gay people got married in the first flush of excitement about the whole thing. We were all excited like a protein know. bar. It's like yeah. you left at and, it after a gym workout. And you yeah. have devalued it. Not gay people, but you specifically, it's our numbers. It's part of the um, decline of the country. And like you said, the decline of marriage earlier. The problem is there's no incentive to marry now, especially no. for men. There's, there's these custody laws. There's the spousal maintenance laws. No-fault divorce has basically rendered marriage meaningless as well. And there was one quote in the story where one of the, there was a, like a family law expert who said, even people who've been married before are more hesitant to get married a second time. I was like, no, specifically. No wow. Imagine yeah. that. I, I, I think yeah. even people, people who've lost half their house. <laughs> I think for some people, no fault divorce would, would encourage them to get married because they know that if it doesn't work out, that's yeah. not really a problem to leave. But the danger yeah. is from the other person. Let's say they've got more money. The other one can just leave for no reason, take yeah. half your money, and they don't have to prove anything happened. Yeah, they yeah, just yeah. fancy it. Yeah, that's a good idea, actually. <laughs> more <laughs> wedding disaster news. Uh, this is uh, this is one from the problem pages, but it seemed to chime with the with the theme. Uh, this. Is a bride who was refused yes. to allowing her, her sister is not allowed to come to the wedding? Or something? My sister-in-law uninvited me to her wedding because she says I'm too pretty. That happened to me, but it also happens to be the headline of the, in the <laughs> yeah. mirror. Um, it's your story. So, um, to Kate Middleton as well, remember? Kate Middleton and oh, yeah. Holly, was that Pippa. her name? Pippa, yeah, yeah. that's Pippa, right. completely yeah, usurped her, yeah. yeah, very yeah. tragic. Yes. But a woman, so this, this has happened, and uh, even though she offered to skip makeup and wear a simple bre- uh, whoops, dress, Freudian slips, Hello? Iraq, <laughs> it was Iraq. Um, she, she, um, <laughs> she, uh, she was deemed too attractive. And the plot thickens a bit here, where the, the person who was disinvited says um, that the, her, the bride-to-be's fiancé would notice when she was wearing a slightly low-cut dress and would keep staring at my legs, and he's usually confident, but gets shy around me. So I think mm. I've unraveled some of the mystery there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he well, fancies the sister-in-law, yeah, yeah. and that's, that's the situation. Oh, well, very sad. Now, I hope that gets sorted out. Um, <laughs> another curious artefact of deadly brain worms. Mm. Uh, they yeah. make you look hot. Well, that's the thing. This bride that we were just talking about, she wants to be hotter. She should um, familiarise herself with cat faeces. Yeah. Because apparently you get this, um, this new, newly recognised disease called Toxoplasma Gandhi, G-O-N-D-I-I, not yeah. Gandhi. And um, it's a mind-altering parasite spread by cats. And people, you know, come in contact with it with... Uh, you know, I've been fascinated by this for a while because I don't know if you know Dan Evans. He's a no relation yeah. to mine, but another stand-up comic. And he's obsessed with this disease because he became aware that it, um, its, its primary mode of, of distributing itself is that mice become infected with mm-hmm. it. They get it in the brainworm. And it makes mice less afraid of cats. Yeah, so mice come out and like play like recklessly in front of cats. Mm-hmm. They get caught and eaten. Mm-hmm. 
and the and the brainworm is then passed through the cat as as the cat's feces comes out, and that's how it reproduces. Which is incredibly sophisticated. It's terrifying, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, look, it's passed through sex with human beings and cats. Yeah, but it may, it, what, what it does to make people more—it makes people more attractive. Yeah, which is our version of being reckless with cats. Right? Yeah, right. Yes. But it makes your face more symmetrical. Right. It, it realigns your face because it, can, it starts to control your. So you glands. can have it in small doses, like botulism, like Botox, a, a little it, bit. To yeah, be exactly. Just like cosmetic toxoplasmosis. Right, right here, make my eyes. I, more I was, I was looking it, at the photographs, trying to work out what had happened. I was too, and it. Is true that they are. I don't know where we don't have them. Think that? No, we don't. We've been told that. Yeah, very, very, very finely tuned. I thought maybe the eye pupils were a little bit bigger. It makes people more confident sexually too. Yeah, women want to have more sex. It it is disturbing that 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 it can manipulate you. But can I just say it says it makes uh, people more attractive? Sounds like this was written by a cat, or at least (laughs) at least someone infected by the cat parasite has written this on behalf of cats being controlled by the cat. We all may be even under the prey right now. We all think we're better looking. Write stories and talk about them. As we all think we're better looking. (laughs) Have you seen the one where the snail gets a virus, like a a parasite, that makes it climb to the top of a stalky plant, and then its eyes come out on stalks and revolve with with like psychedelic patterns, which attract the attention of birds, which immediately swoop, (laughs) kill it, eat it, right, and. Again, you know, that's how... Maybe that's it's, nature it's taking care of itself. Anyway, it's final story of the night, Scott. Quando si dice hai un fiore di lavoro, Daniel Bombini. Hashtag flatulenzi. I had to go um, online to get that. You're my father's favorite person. Um, <laughs> the Italian TV presenter, uh, her name is... I'm going to get this guy. Dania Mondini. She's an anchorwoman for Italy's national broadcaster, RAI, has lodged a formal complaint against one of her colleagues... Noisy, repeated, uh, malodorous uh, bodily emissions. He's been farting during work hours. That is bad. And she's mentioned it many times, and she's being ignored, and Mm. she's really angry about it. I don't blame her. She says they're treating her like a historical, uh, historical, a hysterical female, and she's like, no. Like an historical female. Yeah, like Let them eat farts. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I like that she said... um, I like that she said it was part of an intimidation campaign. Yes. Intimidation campaigns aren't what they were. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. can be subtle. But you I know, know. they have... farted out all day and then refused admission to Lassie's Guanacy. <laughs> I did have a boss when I was still had a, a, a real job, and he did. I remember he was very powerful. We were all afraid of him, yeah. and he would fart in business in meetings. Oh, really? That Just is Just to grotesque. see what anyone would do if anyone would your alpha move. Yeah. I think it was said of Bernard Manning that he often welcomed journalists to his home, but he would be sitting there in his wife runs. And that was in the old days when they were stringy as yeah, well, yeah, rather yeah. than entirely opaque. <laughs> so hotter. Well, <laughs> that's all we have time for. You'll be enormously relieved here. Thank you to my guests, Nick Dixon, Scott Capurro. I've been Simon Evans. That's my shift done for the week. Tomorrow evening, I imagine you have Mark Dolan. I can't be absolutely certain, but the programme will be here in some guise or other. I'll be back next week. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you very much for joining us. Good night. Arrivederci. Thanks for listening to Headliners, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode again. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a nice comment. Speak to you at the same time tomorrow for the paper review that's never boring. 